Welcome to our Deep Rooted Podcast, a weekly podcast featuring our latest live Bible study, as well as other encouraging messages and teachings from our hearts to yours. So, um, then in verse 10, it says, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, "You (coughs) You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you shout, then shall you shout. Thousands and thousands of people couldn't say a single word, didn't say a single word. They chose not to say a single word. And just to think about the thousands of them, if not millions that were there. Now, there are millions there, but I'm sure there's thousands who were at the battle scene. But he says, don't say anything out of your mouth. Now again, imagine how dumb you would look just to walk around a city with no words and with no real battle plan Mm -hmm. at all, no strategy. Doubt, like you said, had to have crept in and it had to, it took every ounce of them to have faith. Mm -hmm. It took every ounce of them not to manifest doubt and how does doubt manifest? Through the spoken word. Mm-hmm. How does faith manifest? Through the spoken word. And so for him to command them, you're not going to say a single word this entire time, was basically saying, I don't want you to doubt. I don't want you to say something you'll regret. Mm-hmm. Because you look at what happened in Mark, Mark chapter 6, or Mark chapter 5, um, Jesus, he he went to go see Jairus' daughter mm-hmm. and she was sick and there's people in there and they're crying and weeping and doing all these things and Jesus says, why are you weeping? She's just asleep and they mock him and they laughed at him and he and in scripture it says that he sent them away, that he, he kicked them out of the house and said go because he didn't want that room to be filled with doubt. Mm-hmm. He silenced the doubt mm-hmm. and that's what happened here in a different aspect is Joshua silenced any doubt, Mm -hmm. any doubt. And even with, you see what happened in Joshua chapter one. Um, He he, uh, follows Moses' footsteps and he sends out spies to go scope out the land of Jericho. But Moses sent 12 spies and Joshua being one of them, he was one of two that came back with a positive result, report, while the remaining ten had a negative report. Mm-hmm. And what happened? They, because of that negative report, they had to spend forty years in the wilderness. That's crazy. And so Joshua, now it's his turn. He knew. I, the more people I send, the more doubts coming back. The more people I I let input, the more room there is for doubt. And he knew that. So. He only sent two this time, two people, and they came. Both both of them, they came back and they said, "The Lord has given us this land; it is plentiful." And he says he that they gave a great positive report back, and it, and it goes to show the people, the ten people that came back with a negative report with Moses, they let fear creep in because they saw how big the footprints are, they saw how big the houses were, the fields, and all of that. They're like, there's no way we're going to be able to be in this land. And so they came back with a negative report. But Joshua's people came back and they said, it is so amazing. God has given us this land. They saw that 
there's there's these things in Jericho in this place that we didn't build, that we didn't plant, that we didn't sow, or yeah, sow, and they're thankful for it because they get to just reap all of it. Mm-hmm. That's what they they had a positive uh, mindset when it came to what they saw in Jericho. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show that sometimes not saying anything is better than, than saying something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just closing your mouth and believing mm-hmm. is is the best thing you could ever do. Yeah. If the doctor says you have a bad report coming back to you, what should you say? Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. No. You should say nothing. Say nothing. And if you have the faith and the strength to rebuke it, then rebuke it. That's the best thing to do. But if you can't do that quite yet, if you're not there yet, which is understandable, say nothing. Just keep your mouth closed or just start worshiping the Lord. Simple. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a great example to literally... Oh, yeah. You're, you're the, what Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it's so true that if 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 you were if you're reaping if you're sowing negative things fear doubt discouragement those things are going to reap and because he instructed them not to say anything while they marched i believe that is that is one of the major keys to seeing that victory 100% and you know Joshua was a man of the lord he was led of the lord so what he instructed the people is what God instructed him. Mm-hmm. What he told the people to do is the exact same thing that God told him to instruct. So it wasn't just him in his own mind thinking what would be the smartest thing to do. Because, one, that, that, that doesn't even make sense even with them marching. They're like, oh, we're going to march? Oh, I think we shouldn't speak. Mm-hmm. There's no way he just thought about that. Mm-hmm. That had to have been from the Lord. Yeah. But it's important that we... That literally, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth Mm -hmm. until the day I bid you to shout, then you will shout. Having a clear, clear understanding of what God speaks to us is just like this. Like, they were so attentive to to Joshua's word. We should be that attentive to the Lord Mm -hmm. all the time. So... The next couple of verses are just about them walking around the, ta- the, uh, the city of Jericho. And then in verse 16, it says, um, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. There's that past tense again. And then in verse 20, it says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass... When the people heard it, the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up to the city, every man straight before him, and took they took the city. So this is an interesting, like I said, this is a very interesting miracle. Because the walls of Jericho, I read from a source, I don't know how accurate it is, but... It, I'm guessing it is because it said that the walls were so thick that you could fit a baseball field on there, like a full-size baseball field. And 
I know they're pretty big because Rahab, the harlot, which is mentioned earlier in the scriptures, um, she lived there in the wall. So it was big enough for someone to live in. There were pretty wide, wide walls. And they, it says that they fell down flat. They didn't crumble yeah. down. You know, because yeah. imagine if they would have crumbled down, then it would have been a struggle for the people to get into the city. They'd have to climb all these rocks mm -hmm. and get past things. The walls literally just sank, went straight down to the ground. And maybe the marching softened the ground for it. I don't know. <laughs> like, who knows? And then the trumpet sound waves clashed with, I don't know. You'd Like, who knows? Yeah. But it's incredible that the wall just sank. Mm -hmm. It just completely sank. Which, that's just a miracle in and of itself. And it's also crazy to think about. This is one of the most successful plans that God has in Scripture. All of His plans are successful. But this plan worked without flaw. No one messed up. Everyone followed instruction and the miracle happened. However, this is the only time that this miracle, or this is the only time that this strategy is ever presented in Scripture. And I believe that's because we cannot put faith in a formula. We cannot put God and the Bible into a formula. Because then, what happens? You get into works, you get into legalism, and essentially that's what happened with the Pharisees. They were filled with works and legalism. Mm -hmm. But... Such a successful strategy never to ever be used again mm -hmm. in Scripture. I know. It's so crazy when you think about like all the different kind of miracles that God presented in mm -hmm. the Old Testament of just, you know, Noah and the ark. It's yeah. such a random strategy with the doves. And, like, even at one point he makes the earth swallow up people. Yep. Like, it's just so many different random ways. And it, I think it's for that same reason is that... Um, faith isn't a formula. Absolutely. And you know how people want to figure God out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can easily just go look through the Old Testament and say, well, if it happened for them, it could happen for us, and we're going to do this exact thing and mm -hmm. expect this to happen. Um, and that's just not how faith works mm -hmm. because that ruins the purpose of Absolutely. faith. Absolutely. And you know, it also causes people to, they seek God one time. And if God works a miracle in their life, then they never seek God again and try to do the same exact results. So if they're believing for a miracle and they're in the word and they're seeking God and they're praying and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're giving extra and they're helping volunteer and then they get healed or something and then the next time they, they are sick, they do the exact same things and all of a sudden nothing happens and they're like, where is God? Is God silent? What happened? Does God not love me anymore? And they start to doubt because they are simply literally just doing works again. Mm -hmm. They just fall, they fall back into works yeah. and they're not seeking him. They're not with the John 15. Abide in me and I in you for you cannot bear fruit as in yourself. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. We spoke on that last week. That we can't bear fruit apart from God. Mm -hmm. And even though God's always with us. We're not always with God. You know what I mean? God's always with us. His presence lives in us. But sometimes our minds are not on Him. And when our minds are not on Him and on something else, our attention is now divided. Mm -hmm. And that, that produces nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's good. I love this story because it's never, ever 
used again mm-hmm. because God doesn't want us to just figure him out mm-hmm. and then use him when we need him. Yeah. That's not how the faith life should work. Yeah, and so many people just kind of fall into, well, I read my Bible and I prayed this much and I fasted and did communion and they really they have that works mindset and all of those things of course help develop your faith and help you renew your mind yes but it's not a formula if you do this then this will happen Mm -hmm. and i even think about the scripture that so many people um misinterpret about fasting about how jesus um casted out a demon and he said that this kind can't be um what was it uh this he said this kind can't be exact words Cast out. Cast out, um, except by fasting. Praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. And mm-hmm. so many people take those words as, okay, well, then I have to fast because I have, type- to, have to get big faith for mm-hmm. this one. And that's not exact, That's not what he was saying at all. If you actually study the scripture, mm-hmm. he was talking about your unbelief, mm-hmm. renewing your mind. And that is, mm-hmm. and so like. Because it says, he said this type. Yes, this type. Uh-huh. And belief. they're like, why can't we rebuke this demon? And he said, "This or neither type or kind mm-hmm. can't uh, can't be cast out except by prayer and fasting." Mm-hmm. And so many people fall into that works mindset, and so they'll fast, and then they try to expect some kind of miracle to happen, and it doesn't happen. And so it's like, well, I guess it wasn't true, or they must have done it wrong. Yeah. And that wasn't the intention at all. It was never a formula. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And even with that story, Jesus rebuked the demon and it went and where did he pray and fast in that scripture he did beforehand but he didn't do it at that moment so how would and i know jesus is jesus and people think that he knew everything in the world but he also didn't because he was still human so there's no way he predicted that moment so he was praying and fasting beforehand and he was up on the mountain and then that's when the disciples tried to then he came down and rebuke the demon. What was he doing praying and fasting? He wasn't rebuking the demon up there. The demon thing hasn't even happened yet. He was praying and fasting to edify himself, Mm -hmm. to strengthen his faith. The Bible said that he, that daily he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Which means that just like us, he had to grow. He had to mature. He had to renew his mind. He had to be with the Lord. He couldn't just walk around, do nothing, and be Jesus like that. He also had to commune with the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Rooted Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more from Matthew and Stephanie, subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at deeprootedministries.com. From there, you will be able to contact us directly, access our live Bible study archives, and so much more. You can also find out how to partner with us in sharing the gospel all across the world. Be blessed today, continue living in the victory, and remember that you are always welcome here in our family of faith.